Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. Well, um, we're, we're pretty decimated on defense right now. We just got to, you know, keep doing what we, what we can do to try to help these, these players out. So, um, you know, you lose a guy like Hunter, obviously that's, that's one of the wrong players getting hurt. Um, so... Yeah, it's part of today's NFL. Can I say the word decimated is a great word. A highly underutilized word. Decimated. You think? I think it was highly overused there. Well, I mean, they are missing all of their starting defensive linemen. Yeah, boom. They were decimated. You still have your back end and your linebackers. I mean, I, I don't Sheldon Richardson. You have, I mean, Sheldon Richardson yeah, is basically good. a starting caliber guy. By the way, how about Anthony Barr showing up in the game? Did you see that pressure that he had where he went right through the right guard? I was like, finally, my dude's coming on. Only yes. took him 36 oh. weeks. <laughs> I don't. He's is. a fast rusher, I swear. How, how long have we been talking about that? We, we've talked about that since literally the day he was drafted, about they're going to turn him loose. Oh, yeah. and, and, like, I saw it. I'm like, oh, my God, they turned him loose. That could have play. been the Vikings the last three years right there. Just dude, he ran right through. Uh, yeah. Who was that, Brunskill? I mean, went right through. I was like, dude, where the hell has that been for seven years? Like, yes. good golly. And DJ Wanham came in to just sort of clean up the last part of the sack. No, I give that to, I give that all to Barr. He just, he just yes. overwhelmed that. I'm not giving that to Wanham. That's not So that's our football-loving friend. He's a 10-plus-year NFL veteran. He has played in a Super Bowl. He played for the Vikings. He is Alex Boone. Mackie Judd, our executive producer, Declan. If you're watching Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment on a TCL TV, thanks for helping the brand here, the show, because TCL has a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. We really just have one key question for you, Alex. <laughs> Don't do it. And it's not the one you think I'm going to ask. Oh, okay. Because we know that you love football. We know oh, that you love football. Have you ever, as a longtime guard, ever experienced some lukewarm hands slide <laughs> underneath your backside for a couple seconds by mistake? Has a quarterback ever come over to you when you're playing guard and slid his hands <laughs> under your keister? Dude, and did a, you did you enjoy it? Just a quick ass slap him under. <laughs> Dude, wait, wait, no, no, that's not me. Reach over, grab the ball from the center. All right, let's go. Here we let's go. We went this. unbalanced all of a sudden. I wonder what they would do because technically, like, if your hand's not down, you just slide it over. No, you definitely would not. No, that's never happened to me. I've dude, never, never. In the words of like befuddlement, 
There's so many <laughs> things that you can do on a football field that make you just look dumb. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, remember the butt fumble? Yeah. They still yeah, do that to Sanchez. But like, <laughs> this is one of them. You put your hands under the wrong legs. I mean, could you imagine what Ole, what went through Ole's mind real quick? Because he's like, dude, just act natural. He had to just act supernatural. Can't flinch. Can't move. Hey, there it is the on best the is medicine in the back. Yeah. like, bro, move. And yeah. even Brian starts pushing him in the shoulder. He's like, dude, move over. Kirk's like, get off of me. He's like, no, literally, move over. Dude, that, we laugh. It's great. Like, Ma- like Madison, like the backup running back is like, he's looking around like, wait, is this a trick play? He, wait, like, is this Wildcat? Did I miss <laughs> the play call? What's happening? San no. I mean, Dude, yes, you, like San Francisco, you look San at their defensive play, front. They play. literally thought this was, oh, my God, what are they doing? This is Wildcat. Too. Trick play. I did, too. I go, oh, my God, they went, they resorted to Wildcat. And then Madison started freaking out. I go, oh, my God, he did not just do the one thing you <laughs> cannot do. Yeah, he did. Dude, I know we're laughing about this. And I'm sure that their D-line, I saw their D-line laughing about it, too. But when you're in that moment, that you are so pissed because you know everybody's going to be talking about this. Like, dude, what did you do that for? Like, we lost the game. Now they're going to be talking about you going under the guard. Here we go again. Like, just bad news. Okay, go ahead, Judd. Sorry. Oh, because I, you know, the the thing is that play occurred on fourth down, and, and so Kirk Kirk then burns the timeout. It's gone. And Alex, if they come back there. And Kirk brings that throw down to Jefferson, and it's a touchdown. The whole guard thing is still embarrassing, but it's sort of like, it's oh, yeah, 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 but, you know, I mean, we scored the touchdown. You know, remember that time back in Santa Clara? Instead, now it just becomes a Monday punchline because it's like, well, they screwed up and they lost. So right. I think I think at least if, if you get the touchdown and potentially subsequently the two-point conversion – it's sort of a laugh along thing. And 30 years from now, guys are slapping each other and saying, remember that day. Yeah. But now, now I, I said this, it's the most, it's the second most egregious thing that's happened in a game at San Fran for the Vikings to Jim Marshall's wrong way run in Kizar stadium. That's number <laughs> one. This is now number two. Jim Marshall for the, for the young folk who have not seen that clip, definitely look it up. Jim Marshall runs the wrong way. Just, just find it on up, YouTube. He, he picks up a that. fumble and yeah. ran it like 80 yards. And then, and then he thought he scored a touchdown. He throws the ball in the air in celebration. Is and guys are like, yelling no. at him. Yeah. yeah. And guys That's are like, hilarious. Jim, turn around. His Jim. friends are all like, no, no. Or, yeah. <laughs> it's the guy not to Could you imagine him like, yeah, I know, right? They're like, no. <laughs> I just ran 80 yards, but you could have run 20. I don't know yeah. how you go the wrong way. I mean, but if you go the right way, it's 20-yard touchdown. I don't know oh, how you run God. the wrong way. But, dude, speaking of Kizar, how cool is it? I have a pair of uh, Kizar seats in my house, actually. Because when they, yeah, when they tore down Candlestick, they offered everybody a pair of seats. And I was like, of course, I'm going to jump on that. So I got the Levi's and the Keysar seats, dude. They're, wow. They're, Are you serious? So, yeah, they're so cool, dude. So when oh. did when did Keysar? So Keysar was before Candlestick? Yeah, that's where they played before Candlestick. And it was down in the city more. And then they moved to Candlestick. And I loved, everybody knows I loved Candlestick. But when they blew that up, they were like, we know everybody appreciated it. I tried to get my locker because it was the same locker that they had used with the guys that went to all the Super Bowls. Like, they were all the wow, same. Dude. And it was like, dude, who do you think you could be using, like, Joe Montana's locker? You have no idea. Tom Just because it was Ra- like Tom Rathman's dude, locker. Let's get you it. don't know Tom hey, Rathman like I do. And I would tell you right now, Tom, you want to bring we should bring Tom on the show. Football. Oh, yeah. Hey, you want to know where I learned how to watch film and break all this down and what's important and what's not is listening to guys like Tom Rath. He broke down every Wednesday. He broke down Blitz. It was the neatest film. Like, it was so clean, and his sheets he would give you were so perfect, and everything had the Blitz detail on it, and it was like, 
how could you really ruin this game? How could you screw up in this game? He's telling you everything they're going to do. But guys like that, dude, they take football to like a whole nother level. It's so fun to be around them. Yes. If we can get Tom Rathman on the show Good wearing ball. a neck roll. Oh, with the one bar down the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yes. such a, yeah. I used to talk to him about that. Grass around it. Yeah. Dirt. <laughs> He's sticking man, out. <laughs> um, my biggest question, I'm going to put this back up on for the YouTube audience here. My biggest question here is, so before Kirk lines up under the guard, everything was chaotic. And yeah. I, I, th- I think this, this play was such a microcosm for really like the Vikings the last few years where – you know they're in it. They they got a chance to win a road game, even though they've given up 200 yards rushing. Here they are, a chance to tie the game, and they're you know they're marching the ball. But it's a moment of anxiety, and no one really knows what they're doing. Like they break the huddle, and uh, KJ Osborne and Justin Jefferson run out to the right, and then Kirk in a panic runs out, and he's like, no, 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 yeah, like go this way, no, go, go side. left side, left side. And and so it, and the clock is counting down, and he gets under the right guard with like seven seconds to go. And by then, it's like okay. So, why are the wide receivers? I know you're not in the huddle, so like it's kind of an unfair question. But why are the wide receivers running out to the right side of the line in that situation? Why why is it such a panic? Like why can't they just get a clean play call, get a snap, and make a real run at it? Everybody sitting down. Here we go. So two minutes, a very different type of drill, right? Like everything needs to be super speedy. Everything needs to be crisp. You don't throw a lot of plays out in two minutes because if you start get throwing too many out there, then we have to think too much, right? Like you always want to make it like the same. Protections are always the same for us. And for us, it was always two jet, three jet. It's never going to take us out of two jet, three jet because it's always to the will. And it's easy to get up there for us to be like, that's the will. We've been going to them the whole game receivers are meant to stay on the same side. You're never really supposed to cross a receiver over in two minutes because it takes up time. And not only that, but like what happens in the next play, you got to bring them back to the other side. Like normally receivers are supposed to stay exactly where they are. We go two by two, or we're going to go three by one, mostly all the way down the field. Now, if the clock stops or we can get a minute where we're going to move around, we will. But for the most part, it was always just stay where you are, get out of bounds. And I think a lot of that had to do with like, you said it when you when you start moving people around in a chaotic situation and the game's kind of on the line and you're feeling the pressure and everything's kind of not going your way. These are the things that start to happen. And these are where the teams that aren't ready for the playoffs are ready to get deep into the playoffs. This is what happens. I'm like, everything just becomes so much more chaotic. And you're like, dude, take a deep breath. We did this on Thursday. Okay, it's Cougar. It's Dancer. It's something stupid. It's a one word thing. Like it shouldn't be that hard. But you see these teams and a lot of these teams are the teams that are starting to sputter out because eventually it just gets pressed down on top of you too much. And you're having a bad game and the ball's a little floaty or it's a little high and things aren't going your way. And it's just it's accumulation of the whole game just compacting on top of you in this quick situation. Interesting. So um, I'm, I'm going to take you down a, a speculatory path here of, of what took place and tell me if i'm at least on the right track in your mind having having been there before okay yes i'm going to tie together that play and the and to use your word the chaotic situation that ensued with the end of the first half when kirk was clearly pissed off uh because the play it didn't come in quick enough something happened when the Vikings were trying to drive down the field where Kirk almost took that last pass and threw it out of bounds because he was so ticked and it didn't work. Um, 
I've told you, I think the last two or three weeks, there have been more people, more chefs in the kitchen of play calling, which, by the way, has helped. Yeah. Uh, but I think that there's more people with a hand in, in things. And to your point, in an ordinary play call, that can work because it can go slower. You've got plenty of time on the play clock. It's not going to cost you. But again, to your point, when push comes to shove now, you've got to get plays in. Um, when Kirk's trying to move guys, I think things were were coming in late. And I think that extends back to the end of the first half as well, where, again, it ended up being chaotic and it probably shouldn't have been. Do you agree that something was off there? And that's why Kirk, who doesn't have the ability to say, everybody shut up, it's my play. Kirk was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he panics. And that's an extension of what's going on off the field. Yeah, and I think that a lot of times, like you said, bringing people into the kitchen is a good thing, right? We get, we're getting experience. We're learning to move people around different positions. Still didn't see Justin Jefferson in the backfield, which I wanted to. Like It was kind of like, where is this going? And to be fair with you, on my Sunday show, I was like, listen, I'm excited about this matchup because Kubiak is clearly stealing plays from San Francisco. So now all of a sudden you go to San Francisco and you say – what are we going to do? Because if I'm San Francisco, I'm looking at this and I'm like, this looks like a Wednesday practice for us. We know how to stop this, right? Like eventually your creativity will be tested. And when you get to that point, if you fall flat on your face, then you're just a crappy coach. Like there was nothing about this game that I was like, wow, this is great. Like at one point, I think they hit a double pass, but San Fran had already hit a double pass in the game. So it's like, are you copying everything? Like you need this. No, they, they had a flea flicker. What more do you guys want? No, when I, when I see flea a flicker flea flicker, I am. The flea flicker was perfect. I mean, they, their coverage. I don't, how do you let Thielen run down the sideline with nobody? It makes no sense to me. Like that's part of their problem. But for the most part, like you go into this game and you had a great game plan against Green Bay. Like you were like, we're just going to push them to the max. And I think a little bit of it had to do with Kirk was kind of off with his accuracy, right? Like a lot of the balls were kind of like even the last play, fourth and eight. He could have caught that ball if it was a little bit lower. Like you're still playing in the game. But to me, when you go into this game and it's like, dude, there's so many things you need to do. Well, now all of a sudden you're right. You have so many people in the kitchen. They're like, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Like it's whoever's been running the show so far for the last three weeks should be taking the reins and being like, listen, we need to put Justin Jefferson in the backfield. We need to put our kick returner in the backfield and give him the ball once or twice and see what he does with it. Like these are all the things that you should have been doing earlier. Now I'm glad you're doing it now, but now it seems like it might be a little bit too late. You know what I'm saying? And you get into this big game where you're like, man, I could really show off who we are as an offense. We can put Justin Jefferson back here. We can put uh, – what's his not, uh, the kick returner's name? Uh, now. Kenny, Ke- uh, Kenny Nwangu, yeah. Nwangu. You can put Nwangu back there. Like there's so many creative things, and it's just like this I formation or this Jack formation, and you're like, dude, you got to get crazy with these things when you play crazy teams because you just become so predictable again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they fall back into this predictability trap every game. And that loss, like it's in a vacuum, that loss to San Francisco on the road. They found their run game the last couple weeks. It's not a crime to lose to San Francisco in a close game on the road. But it's harder to absorb that when you fall to five and six. When your vanilla offense against the the Browns at home resulted in seven points. Or when you're like... You know, you're losing games at the beginning of the year that you probably shouldn't have lost. It's like you're. How about look at last week against the Packers, against a really good NFC team? You went out there and you just changed everything up. Like everything looked really new and fresh, and people were running around. Justin Jefferson was catching everything. And then you come back into this game, and it's like you fall back into this pattern again of like, we'll do a couple of tosses, we'll do a couple of sweeps, and then all of a sudden, oh, we'll hit him with a flea flicker. We'll, you know, but then all of a sudden, you get, keep going back to the same old thing where you keep trying to throw the ball so much, and you're like, dude. Mm hmm. 
you got to You are on the right path. Justin Jefferson in the backfield makes so many people worry, like so many, because he's so quick and he's so dynamic. And then you throw Wongu back there, and you put both of them back there. Imagine what a defense would do then. Like, oh my, I don't know which one. And then coming. you run a flea flicker. Football, right? Crazy or you play action. You run a play action. Yeah, play action. You have both of them run choice routes out of the backfield. Like, dude, you you could. There's so because everyone's going to be creeping in the backfield because if you get those two started, their speed alone will take you down the side. And to the to your points here, just about just like where's the where's the creativeness? Where's the right? Well, two things. All right, I'm going to mix in the nerd football stat of the week here, and it's get those nerds. It's not not rocket science here. I've got two stats for you. I've got yards per play offensively, which I think is a better measurement than total yards because if you know if you run fewer plays, then you should. So yards per play, Vikings offense twelfth, which a lot of people like. Oh, it's yeah, it's pretty good. Okay. Uh, points per game, 11th. So I look at those, and then I look at the weapons. I look at J- Thielen and Jefferson, and, and this team goes three. Now that we know that Kenny Nwangu is the best kick returner in the NFL, runs a 4-3-40 or whatever, Same. Like they, they go three running backs deep. Uh, even Tyler Conklin is a capable pass-catching tight end in Irv Smith's absence. The offensive line's not perfect, but it feels like they should be better than 12th in yards per play and 11th in points per game with yeah, everything do. that they have here. And they're not. And you look around the room and, you know, this is just my, you know, amateur, uh, you know, play calling critique. But who are the offensive innovators on the staff? It's, I mean, Zimmer's not, obviously. Zimmer, Zimmer like, couldn't be bothered to even, like, look into an offensive meeting room as he's walking through the hallway. Um, like you have to twist his arm to meet with Kirk finally in year oh, four. That guy, God, <laughs> do I have to? Oh my God, man! Siggy's like, yes, Mike, <laughs> please, please, <laughs> just, just for, it could just be thirty minutes, just anything. But you know, Clint Kubiak is. There's been literally broadcasters like Mark Schlereth who meet with the coaching staff before the game are talking on the broadcast about how yeah he's just trying to find the rhythm of calling plays for the first time. It's like. He's not innovating. He's literally trying to figure out how to ride the bike right. as a play caller. So right. who are the innovators here? And the answer is probably there are none. No, and that's the thing is, like, I think that when you look at this, and football is such a weird thing because it's like a weird chess match to these OCs. And sometimes when you look at it, they get spooked out by the dumbest things. Like, what draws eye candy? What doesn't? Like, even that simple play that I sent you, there, it's – so many times where you're watching this and you're like, I don't understand where nobody's going. How we pop, does we pop this up on the screen? Good. Oh, there you go. There you okay. go. Look, so this is like, this is the goal line stand. And as I told you in my email, uh, goal line stands are gross to me. Like, it's just one of those things where you're like, dude, we were so close. And there's nobody that had the worst goal line stand than myself against the Ravens in the Super Bowl with like two minutes to go on the four yard line. So that's why I get so mad about this. But th- mm-hmm. these are the things that are showing up the most and a lot of these are just miss id like in this drawing that i drew up he's obviously going to 45 and we would have called this like a 94 spot what's 45 right here 45 the linebacker oh sorry okay Okay. all right cool he in his play he declares 51 the mic like that's who he's going to right we would have called this spot when I played because we're going to push to a spot because we know that when Justin Jefferson goes in motion like he is here, 45 started out, but he moves back in, and that's why we call it a spot. I don't know who you're going to, but you're going to go to a spot. Get it? That's why you, you get that. So that whole bubble, there'll be a linebacker there, they tell you. There'll be a linebacker there. You guys take your first double to the him because we don't want Adam Thielen blocking a linebacker. Why? Because he's a receiver. 
They don't know how to block. They're idiots. Like you're not. You're on the goal line, and you got one of your best receivers who you don't want getting hurt running into a Sam linebacker. That makes no sense to me. So instead, what you should do is exactly what I just showed you. You push it one spot over, and all of a sudden, when you push it, you create movement because now instead of like taking their double up to fifty-one, which they did, and it was horrible. Like ninety-three just stands there. But if you start working laterally with people, they have to follow you, right? And naturally, they're going to start turning and running, and you're just going to hit them in the hip, and everything just gets washed way down. The running back steps up, presses it. These linebackers are like, oh, look, sweet, look what I got. And then he just cuts right back. Everybody's blocked but 29. And technically, 29's assignment should be to check 19 as he goes across because you're not just going to let him catch you know, take a handoff and go. And he's just going to be like, oh, well, somebody will get him. Because in this play, you can't see it, but there's feet right out here to the right. So you got like a 10-man box right here, right? Like, I know it's nine, but you can kind of see the feet to the right. I know it kind of got cut off. But even then, like, look at Thielen. Who's covering Adam Thielen right here? Does anyone see anybody on Adam Thielen? Nobody. No. Why are we not running a bubble? Why are we not running something right here? Hey, how about I just take the snap and throw it to you? Everybody- oh, but ah, see, but see now, but Kirk just works here. That's what I'm Kirk, saying. Kirk just you, works here. This is like eh. everybody has their hands in this cookie jar. Number one, the OC, because this is misided wrong. And this is how you should have blocked it. You're, you're blocked up right here. You're walking in for a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, this like game is not even a game anymore. Like simple things like this become hard because you just misid one wrong guy. And maybe they had it so that they were like, yeah, Thielen, we think you're a great blocker. You go block the linebacker on our goal line play. Like, at no point in my career have I ever heard someone be like, Randy, you got that guy, right? <laughs> no, I don't got that guy. I got the ball. You throwing Damn me the man. ball? No? Okay, then I got it. Yeah. Like, but th- th- you keep coming back to these things. And it's like everybody kind of has their hand in it. As a center, I know I should be pushing it. Like, I'm not going to let my receiver block that guy. As a quarterback, I'm looking out. I see nobody on Thielen. Hey, why don't we just do a quick smoke, dude? You want to smoke this real fast? Walk right in? No? Okay, never mind. Let's just, we'll beat our head against the drum. So it's like everybody has their hands in the cookie jar. But to go back to what Judd says, look how many people are running this offense and they're still not doing it correctly. It's Mm -hmm. like when you look around the league, some of the most innovative offensive coordinators go through this turmoil spot where people are like, what are they doing? I don't see their offense. I'm not getting it. But then all of a sudden it starts to come around and starts to shine out. And you're like, all right, I get what they're doing now. They're like San Fran, best example, because I watch them a lot. They, They threaten you on so many different levels on their plays. They're doing these new bubble Casper screens off of a tight run while somebody's running a post and a slant. So it's like I have four threats against your defense, and all of a sudden I have a great manager of a guy who knows where the ball should go and at times can get squirrely when the ball gets there, but he does a good job. That sounds like, I'm if I'm not mistaken, this offense. Why is there not more threats out there? It's like you had Justin Jefferson blocking more than he's catching, and it's like, dude, that doesn't make any sense to me. So – to, to go back to the second half, too, I want to talk about Kirk's state of mind because Kirk in the first half continued to be really good. Well, yeah. like Kirk, Kirk in the Chargers game and the Packers game in the first half against San Fran was really good, Alex. Uh, he throws he throws a terrible pick, which, by the way, he's passing a lot, so he's going to throw a, a bad Agreed. pick. It's, it's going happen. to happen, right? Uh, if you're if you're his teammate. What would you have seen, because it certainly seemed from my couch that 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 pick impacted the rest of Kirk's game, and then on on the play, on the fact it's just just a punchline when he lines up under the guard, how much of that should be a play where if you have all of these chefs in the proverbial kitchen, the quarterback can just take control and say, guys, shut up, I've got this. 
Like this is this is the most important time here. And I'm not yeah. I'm I'm not going to be trying to drag my receivers all around their routes of where they should be. Right. So so like what's going through your mind in the second half if you're a guard playing on Kirk's team? I think that if Kirk's my quarterback, honestly, and I was probably very biased to him, and I knew that a lot of my role was to make sure that everybody was always kind of up, like the hype man. So, like, as soon as you throw a pick, you see me, I'm like, dude, we're good. <sighs> Whatever. Now we're even. We'll give them one. We'll walk away. Mm-hmm. Like, there was never a time in a game that you could ever be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you threw that. Like, even if you were mad, because you, this is exactly what happens. And then it just snowballs. And I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but you're kind of starting to allude to it. There was a play, and I think it might have been the two-point play. I'm not sure. Justin Jefferson is clearly pissed off. Like, he, Kirk throws the ball in the oh, ground, yeah. and he is, like, livid. Yes. And it's like, how much of this is continuing to spill over when at the end of the day you have to know we're a bunch of grown men and we can't be walking around, moping around, yelling at each other, especially with a quarterback that can't really handle a lot of the truth. Like, that's what you got to know going into it. This is not going to change. No matter what I say, no matter what you guys say, no matter what anyone says, the only person that's going to fix our quarterback situation is Ziggy Wilt. And if Ziggy comes down and says, I want a new quarterback, that's the only way it's going to happen. So you got to deal with this quarterback. So now as a good teammate, what do you do? As a good teammate, my job is to lift you up always. You might make some stupid plays. And I might have to tell you eventually, like, hey, man, that was dumb. But to begin with, I'll be like, hey, bro, you're good. We all make stupid mistakes. Let's move on. We have to keep moving on. You just don't see that from anyone on this team right now. You don't see anyone being like, hey, we're good. Enough. Okay, cry over there. Come back to us when you're ready. Like you just see everybody kind of mope around and oh my god, you throw the ball like they're always like this with each other. It's like yes, your demonstrative emotional expression shows me nothing. Shows me that you guys have a lack of leadership and a lack of confidence in each other. Bad things happen in football all the time. That's like the whole name of the game that no one understands. Here's our game plan. They're gonna stop it. Here's plan B. They'll stop that. Here's plan C. No matter what, though, we stick to it. But it's like these guys get hit in the mouth maybe once or twice, and they're kind of like now they just start getting frustrated. And it's like, hey, man, there's going to be some grinding games, especially against a team like this. You just said it. They've been running the ball really well. Their time of possession lately has been stupid, like 18 play drives. So going into the game, I know that when we're out there, we got to be cool. Hey. We might not be out here again for another 20 minutes. So let's chill out and be cool. The minute we start freaking out, losing it on each other, then the ball sails high, the ball sails low. The running game slows down, sacks come up, pressure starts mounting. It's just like it's never a good recipe, and I'm waiting for someone to be like, oh, you're right. We all need to calm down a little bit. And But it goes back to how many people in the kitchen does it take to figure it all out? Yeah, dude, It's a, I, I love the way you put it. It's a it's a bunch of teeth clenchers out there. You know, it's just, right. you need to and, be like, yo, whatever. Let's go. And, and they're not a train wreck. You know, you know, one thing we went through on yesterday's show was, and I was texting you just back and forth last night about this too, that oh yeah, Mike Zimmer and Kirk cousins together as the two most important figureheads of this team, the head coach and the quarterback, the last four years are 30, 28 and one, which if you're a jets fan or a lions fan, they might as well be your bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Like, please save us from three win purgatory just make us a relevant team so we aren't drafting number two overall every year some of these teams would die to have a Mike Zimmer and a Kirk Cousins but when you've been you know a lot of these fans I mean it's 61 years this franchise and the Wilfs by the way have been around for 16 of those years so they've been around for like you know a quarter of the franchise's existence as owners and once again they're five and six they're grinding toward eight or nine wins 
And, and, it, and you can almost just feel it, like Mike Zimmer lamenting the close games in his press conference last week and Kirk getting all teeth clenchy and lining up under a guard. It's like, it just, it's, everyone clearly feels the weight of this. Yeah. Um, but it's, but no one, either from a leadership perspective or just from whether it, whether it's talent or creativity, but no one knows how to pull the team out of this. Like, you don't get to hang a banner just because you won back to back games against the Chargers and the Packers in November, like, sorry, that's not where the season ends. You got to keep doing it on the road against San Francisco. And then again, against the Rams, it's like, no one knows how to get this thing beyond 500. Right. And And, and to be fair, I'm telling you, like, I'm not blaming the players because as a player, you don't get to pick what's called. I don't get to tell you what's And when, you know, you lose a guy like Dalvin cook in a game, how big is that? I mean, it's huge. And then you're not going to have him again. And I'm huge on Alexander mass because I think he does great without Dalvin. But at the same time, if you're just going to continue to line up in this I formation and run these silly, stupid pop Warner plays, everybody is eventually going to figure you out. Like they're just dissecting this offense and there's no run lanes. There's no backside cut lanes in the, there's two guys free on the backside when there should really only be one, and you're going back. You're like, they're misiding this again, and it's like it all falls back on the OC. Everything mm-hmm. that goes through you must be perfect, and if you're not creative and you can't go out there because you don't have to be creative when Dalvin was Dalvin, right? Like you're just like, hey man, pitch him the ball and watch him go. Like that was fun, but now you got to kind of throw some things in there, and not only that, but the league is changing where linebackers are just like DBs that can tackle. Like it's insane, right? We got to find ways to catch these guys' eyes and backside, frontside, what are we doing? And it's like you never see – you just see the same old zone blocking, and it's always blocked so crappy. Yeah, one more quick thing here, I guess another nerd stat. So this is amazing to me because I look at the weapons, and like, no, you don't have a perfect offensive line, but the Vikings have scored 40 points or more on offense four times in Zimmer's eight years. The Bills and the Cowboys have scored 40 points three times this year each already. Like the, the Bill the Bills and the Bills have sputtered at times. Like they're, they're seven they're and four. They're a huge sputter team. Yeah. You know? But the Bills have victories this season of 35 rip, 43-21, 40 rip, uh, 38 to 20. That's a three touchdown win. 45 to 17, 31 to 6 on the road against New Orleans. Like the, fair, the Vikings though, are playing four point games every single week, right. every single week. To be fair, they do have the number one defense who gets like the number one turnovers. And when you get the ball that much, but like when That's you, fair. when you look at their offense and I will say this goes to your point, like they don't have the playmakers that the Vikings have not even close. Like I would give Diggs a huge nod. And after that, I'm like Cole Beasley, good player, Knox, great tight end, but you have no running backs. You don't have the weapons that this team has. And your offensive line is probably just the same as the Vikings' offensive line. Like, I'm not going to go out there and say beat the drum and say those guys are good because they're not. They get Josh Allen killed all the time, and that's how they lose games because everything rolls through Josh. But they have this defense that they're like, hey, we're sputtering out of control. The defense is like, yeah, we got you. Like, that's how this works. That's complimentary football. Now, there's times where the defense is like, yeah, man, we held them to nine points. How did we lose this game? And, you know, the offense has to pay for that. But at the same time, you turn around and look at this team, you're like, you have way more weapons. How do you not score so many more points? And it's like the creativity of this offense is just at times blah. And you're like, dude, you can't honestly think you're going to show up against a really, really good team and just continue to hammer through the A-gaps. Like, that's where they make their bread and butter. You can't come in here. You can go outside and test us out there, but you can't continuously keep throwing everything in here, or you can't keep throwing all these bubbles and all these things. Like, there's a time and a place to do all these things, and it's like it never shows up at the right time. You're like, dude, like maybe for the first two series, and you're like, oh, man. Like we said, this is great. And then it goes back to, Oof. 
And the, the frustrating thing about that loss in particular is, is it would have been ugly. It would have been unattractive. But Booney, if I had drawn you up that script on Friday and said, here's the script, and you played on the Vikings, you would have said, bring it on. Right. Because we, we've got a really good chance. Like, like that game felt much worse than the score looked. But if you do that that right, you escape there with a win, and by now you're not talking about well, it didn't look very good, right? Right. You're six and five. You you don't care. Yeah. So that's the problem is is and that's the story of this team's season. And it's not bad luck. It's their own fault. But the story of this year is how many games could you have escaped with what you would consider to be ugly wins? And I don't think players care. I yeah. think players just want to win the damn game. Yeah. So. That that's the frustrating thing is that wasn't some terrible loss. That was a winnable game that was in the hands of the offense when you wanted it there, and they couldn't complete that. And that's what frustrates you about the 2021 Vikings. Absolutely, we used to lose, we used to win, and like you said, ugly games, and be like, dude, a win forgives all sins. Like yeah. you're gonna get it a little bit in the meeting room, and it might be more of a like, hey, let's not do this again. But you would be surprised how like a nasty, ugly win compared to like a close loss was so different. Like even you could have lost by one point triple overtime and everything just gets thrown around the room because it's a loss is a loss is, you know, and in a win, it's like, Hey, (laughs) Woo. Let's not do that again. Huh guys? Like maybe we don't let all those guys come free. Okay. And then all of a sudden, like what, what's the morale the rest of the week you walk out, you're like, okay, those guys aren't too pissed about that. Okay. But you, you like, you, you give it everything you have in a loss and you barely lose and you, you just get cussed out. And you're like, dude, I swear. I was like, I give it everything, coach. You know, terrible, terrible. You're like, oh, my God. Just any win in the NFL is huge. And if you can get it, I'm telling you, take it. Boys, Declan wants someone's ass fired here in just a moment. But, Judd, tell everyone how you are looking so put together and in shape and svelte these days. Am I looking good? Because if you're – if you say yes, that's thanks to my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, down 26 pounds. And now you can join me on the weight loss train, the Livia lifestyle, as I call it. Save 50% off the program today, plus your first visit is free. How do you do it? Very simple. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A or visit Livia.com. Livia.com, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. As I said, I'm down 26 pounds. And the best part is... Once I've lost all the weight, I'm going to stay there, and I'm going to do it with the help from my friends from Livia. Again, L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com. Also, you know, Federated Insurance is like a really good, reliable offensive line for your business. All right? They're not, they're not letting Anthony Barr through, through the A-gap to uh, attack your business. They are here with risk management tools, resources, and people that have been around for over 100 years. Well, the resources have been around for over 100 years, not the people. Um, They're really old. They're not that old. Uh, But Federated, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. (laughs) What's that? What kind kind of of business are you running there, Sonny? You want insurance for me? Sonny, you want some insurance? Now I sound like the the family guy guy. Those newspapers. Hey, what is the newspapers? Uh, well, Federated is uh, here to help your business, here to help your bottom line, protect your bottom line, protect your employees, federatedinsurance.com. And remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Where are the newspapers? Haven't seen my newspapers. This is one of the most uncomfortable ad reviews you've ever had. 
It's awesome. Declan wants someone's ass fired. Who is it this week, Dex? All right, Boone. I'm sorry, man. I think you're going to disagree with me, and I might drop down your power rankings. I think I'm going to agree with you. Okay. But the the time has come for this guy. I'm sorry. I have to to get him on down. I just have to get him on time. It's time to look in the mirror and recognize that it's over, Booney. Deserves a ton of credit. Ton of credit. He helped the team get to a couple Super Bowls. He was the architect of one of the greatest defenses of all time, and more importantly, gave you a chance. Pete Carroll, come on down, dude. You're at. You're fired. You're fired. It's over, buddy. It's no, over. That's right. He's right. That, he's right. It's over. Right. He's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. This isn't. Who knows it? This what? isn't like he, he, be... he revived dude, your career, dude. No, doesn't matter. no that that game last night solidified yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, dude, I'm sorry. And you know, I love Pete. He's the wildest coach I ever had. He was cool, but dude, yeah. you're in the West that everyone's competing now, and you're yeah. the only team that's not. And it's like you can't ever do that. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson seems. How many pieces of gum does he chew per per practice? (laughs) Oh, dude, he's the man. He the way he looks in the game is the exact way he stands in practice. He is so funny too. He come up and whisper in my ear things. I'm like, dude, this guy's hilarious. (laughs) Can't tell you what he said. Obviously, I was gonna say I would love to hear what Uh, he said. No, HR would be all over me. But him and his son were great, dude. They're hilarious. That whole thing just looks. It looks like Russell Wilson's hand is still jacked up, like the way he's throwing the ball, and then yeah. obviously him and Pete Carroll have not seen eye to eye. I mean, yeah, like is there a? I guess you, you have to move on at some point, and you can't just trade Russell Wilson. Well, that's and the Pete thing. Carroll it's like, is seventy, so right. At what point are you going to be like Russ is like I'm out? It's either him or me. And it, this football sometimes comes to this, and this is just the business of it. But it's like, hey man, I told you what we needed. We needed to keep me healthy, and that ain't happening. And it's an easy fix. It's just sometimes you can't go out and do what you want. Yeah. yeah, most most of these guys like I, I call gutless and I, I take cheap shots. I'm not gonna do that with Pete. Like this is that's, no, that's not man, for, this isn't it for Pete. Mm. It's just it's mm. it's time to recognize that the era Legion of Boom is done. Russell Wilson, I think, is gonna get out of there eventually. So it's nah, it's time it's time to start dude. over. Nah, no, dude, nah, they're gonna dude. keep Russ before they keep anybody. They <laughs> love that. They'll guy. try. Man, so what was uh, did you so did you work out like was Pete at your workouts when you were making your comeback or how did that work or does no, Pete they, just sort of sit on top of every all the assistant coaches and stuff? No, I went to Baltimore and I was going to sign there and then they called me and they were like, "Dude, come out here. You don't belong on the East Coast. You belong on the West Coast." And I was like, "He's so right. I'm not an East Coast guy." Harbaugh's brother's going to be so pissed. God. Dude, how about your guy Jim Harbaugh finally coming through? Why do you say that? Why you, you know you're just excited because you guys beat Wisconsin. Guys, dude. You're just how, excited. Who do you even cheer for that? You got yeah, the Buckeyes over here. You got your guy Jim Michigan. Harbaugh over here. here for Michigan. Listen, I love oh my Jim. God. I love Jim, and we were great friends. We still are. But the fact that he coaches up there makes me hate him. Like I hate really? that school. Oh yeah, I never lost to them, <laughs> dude. We haven't lost to them in twenty years, and now oh. all of a sudden they're like relevant again. Yep. I, I just love Jim, just, just squinting for three and a half hours during these games, dude. <laughs> hey, you guys, one of these days, I got some great Harbaugh impressions, man. He used to just. God. Cactus. 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 They're just wearing cleats for no reason. And like the way he like pushes to ah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> here, here we go. And he always and his arm was like this because he broke his humerus in one game and like refused to leave. And so they said it healed funny. So if when he went like this, his arm set on two different planes. And he, <laughs> and his pinky stuck out to the side like oh, this. Yeah, this pinky? Yeah, the pinky. So he'd be like, yeah, I've seen guys, that. Guys, 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 guys. The baldy. He, and you know what? You know why you loved him? Because he made fun of himself every single day. Like he was not afraid to tell you everything about him, and you were just die laughing. You'd be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you just told me that." Okay, guys, have a great day. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, he's uh, I think he was on on the verge, pretty close to getting fired now. But that win probably bought oh, him like over. at least three more years. Right? Five. I mean, they're going to sure. get smoked by Georgia or somebody in the college football playoff. But sure. yeah, they might get beat by Iowa this weekend. Actually, I wouldn't put oh, it past right. Michigan, Michigan championship. Michigan taking Michigan and giving oh, all the for points. For sure, Michigan. You never know; they might surprise you. The Big Ten West is awful. Terrible. Sorry about that. Yeah, but well, it's outside awful. of outside of uh, yeah. the Gophers, who are now <laughs> rather damn boat dominant. Yeah, that was Did you guys team. lose to a MAC team this year? Shut up, Alex. Dude, I gotta say this. There was uh, when I was in college. I remember one time we always played the MAC schools, and so one of our coaches was like, "Man, we were playing real bad against Cincinnati or something." I know it's not a max school, but we were playing bad. And he was like, listen, there's going to come a time when a big team like us loses to a crappy team like this. He's like, you better just make sure you're not on that team. Every time a Big Ten team loses to like, I always think of that guy saying that. I'm like, he's so right. He is so right. God. What was, remember that year where it was an Appalachian State beat Michigan, Michigan. at the yeah. big house? I was in, I was at Ohio State and oh. who did we just play? I think we just played Iowa. And they asked me, and they were like, did you see? I was like, I could not believe it. And then one of my teammates in San Francisco ended up playing on that team. We talked about it a little bit. It was funny. What, so what years were you at Ohio State? Oh, five to 09. So I was there for the double national championship. So you would have you would have played the Gophers at least once or twice. I played them twice. I forget the guy's name. There's a defensive end. He had long, blonde, curly hair. I, just, I played him twice. Played him once up here and once at Ohio State. And I loved the Dome. When we played in the Dome, it was so fun, dude. So you would have played, you might have played a Glenn Mason Gophers team, but probably a Tim Brewster, Brewster. a Brewster team for sure. And then Jerry Kill came along. Why'd you like the Dome? Oh, dude, I love the old school retro places. Those places were so fun. They just felt like they crept up on top of you. You know what I'm saying? Like when you get to these, when you got to Penn State, it was so open. You didn't feel like you were suffocated until the fans went completely crazy. And then you were like, okay, this is different. But like when you were in the dome, dude, you just felt like everything was on top of you, dingy, dirty. You're like, gosh, get me out of here. I think the dome for Vikings games was a blast because it was just, it was such an advantage and they're piping in, they're turning the speakers on oh, the visitors' sure. bench and stuff. But the Gophers, like yeah. outside of a, now, so I, I went, I went to school there and I know this is shocking, did not wind up making the football team, Alex. Um, I know. Uh, but like the only times where that stadium would be packed for a Gophers game is if it was Wisconsin, and then like two thirds of the crowd would just be in Badgers red. So it's kind of terrible fans. I know, right? But for for but for so did you played there for a Vikings game or two? Didn't you? Did you play? Did yeah. you play in that? Were you there for the Brett Favre yep. 09 game? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was on the sideline though. I was not playing that game, but it was insane. That was Manny Lawson that hit him. I think it was. Hit him just as he threw it, and who was it? Percy Harvin Greg, caught it in the best. Greg, Greg, Greg Lewis. Lewis. Greg, yeah. Lewis. Greg, Greg Lewis. Lewis, who caught like three passes. I could not believe long. that. It was either Manny Lawson or Justin Smith that hit Brett, like just as the ball released, and I was like, oh. But then we played you guys back here when you had uh, Kevin Williams. It was uh, Matt Khalil blocked a field goal. He was talking a whole bunch of smack before the field goal, and somebody was like, who's that fat guy talking a whole bunch of smack? <laughs> I was like, that's the one they told you to watch out for. You should watch him. He's pretty good. Ended Bo- up coming right there. Booney, you were on were you on the, the fifteen team that beat the Vikings at the opener with Kaepernick? Yeah. yeah. Well, we ran for like two hundred yards. yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Carlos was Hyde. Yeah. That was super fun. That was, that was tr- Trent Dilfer's Super Bowl as a as a color commentator too. Dude, I remember uh lining up against Linval Joseph for the first time, like since he had come here and I was like, he got so much bigger, but he was just running back and forth the whole day. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. Carlos Hyde with penetration. Boom, and then 
racing power. That was a touchdown. Acceleration by Carlos Hyde. Welcome, NFL, to Carlos Hyde. The bell cow back for the San Francisco 49ers. He was all about it. He's all about it. That's the game. That's the, the game where, where Zim and, and the Vikings offense did you guys a tremendous uh, favor because they had AP. They basically had their offense designed for AP, but Teddy didn't like it. And Teddy struggled because they basically said, Teddy, you got to line up under center and teddy's like i want to be in shotgun or pistol right. at worst right and the entire game they're like nope you got to line up under center and teddy's like bleep this yeah i think ad i think ap only had 31 yards that day because i remember going in they were like as long as we can stop this run game we'll be okay and i remember thinking i oh, mean their defense is pretty good but i think that was probably yeah. the game that solidified i was coming here i'm actually curious i just want to see like how i I feel like 31 is an oddly specific number. I want to see just how amazing your football mind is here. So oh, what was the final score of that game? Hmm. I want to say it was like 28 to 10. Yeah, they Close. Tw- tw- 20 to 3. 20 to 3. Oof. Uh, and Adrian Peterson, holy cow, had exactly 31 yards in that so, game. That. Sometimes <laughs> numbers just stick in my head. Look at that. It's dude. important That's to remember these things. Man. That's pretty impressive. Nice work. So, uh, Booney, what what else is on your mind here, Alex Boone, on this Tuesday? You know what, Phil? I want to know what's on your mind. What's on your guys' mind? You guys keep asking me what's on mine. You don't want to go in there. Sure. Yeah, we do. <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's on my mind. We were talking about this before the show started. I want to know how Lincoln Riley can play a college football game on a Saturday night against Oklahoma State that ends at like eleven thirty Central Time or whatever the hell time it ended at. Uh, I'm assuming fly home because that game was a road game. So so go home, and then between like one o'clock in the morning and seven thirty or eight o'clock in the morning, have hammered out a contract with USC that included multiple assistant coaches. By the way, that must have also been on speakerphone. A uh, hundred ten million dollars. USC buying both of his homes in Norman, Oklahoma, for five hundred thousand dollars over asking price. And buying him a six million dollar home in the L.A. area, plus private jet usage and contract for twenty four hours, seven days a week for his family. Um, hammering out a deal like that at four o'clock in the morning—it's the first time, first time he's ever had contact with USC. I can't listen. He's either lying or they just called him and were like, "What do you want?" He was like, "I want a hundred million dollars. <laughs> I want my houses bought. I want a new house. I want a jet. I want a Bentley, a Rolls, a horse, a pony." Like, dude, Un- when, unlimited chips and salsa. I, I'm going to be honest with you. And this is like where I kind of take a fan's per- perspective on a lot of things. And I think that's why I'm so harsh on all these people because I'm like, dude, you would just play a stupid game. But at some point, somebody's got to check these coaches. Because, dude, when you get private private plane usage 24-7 for your dog, like, dude, you've gone too far. I'm going to be honest with you. You guys are all idiots anyways. And calling an offense is not even hard. I can't believe people would actually be like, you know what? That sounds reasonable. Let's do it. Totally. Totally do it. I just love like like Brian Kelly, who's been at Notre Dame for over ten years. You know, he's one of the great coaches in Notre Dame history, record wise. Yeah, and he's so he takes this LSU job a week after he was asked, "Hey, w- would you ever leave Notre Dame on your own volition?" He said, "No." I think Mike Tomlin said it best a couple weeks ago that uh, unless you back a Brinks truck up for two hundred fifty million dollars, and my wife says yes, then you know I'm at Notre Dame for life. One week later. He takes the LSU job and then sends a message like four hours after the news breaks on Microsoft Teams, like texts all of his team like, oh, guys, uh, 
Mario. Sorry you had to. Sorry you saw this on Twitter, but uh, I'm out of here. And then yeah. immediately has like an LSU Photoshop job on his Twitter avatar and stuff. It's like what? Wow. It's insane. I, they, he gave him the price. It's 250 million guys. <laughs> they were like, oh, that's it. That's it. Like you can't tell me that's not an astronomical amount of money to and coach it, a football team. And it's going to be a hundred million over ten years. So it's not even what he said to the media a week ago. So that's what we know about. Come on, there's there's always stuff behind the scenes, guys. Come on. But college sports is is as out of control now as you can possibly get. Ever. Like between, you know, with players being paid now, which, by the way, is fine. I don't give a crap. But I'm just saying this whole thing about, well, we're trying to help the kids, right? We're trying to raise kids. Or we're trying to be trying to win games, which, by, which is fine. Just come clean. That's, right. the, that's the thing I keep saying. Just say what your purpose is. Our purpose is to make as much. We're essentially a pro sport. Right. Okay. Well, it's like a multi-billion-dollar industry yeah. at this point. But just, so. but just come clean and let let's get rid of, of these academics that try to convince us that they are altruistic. <laughs> well, um, the academics and, are because only what what one percent of the college is going to go on. So it's like the other ninety nine need to do something, and that's what people don't understand. Oh no, much. I'm saying the, the the academic types who get involved in sports. Oh, and try no, and preach. Oh, I thought you uh, meant. No, I thought Judd no, meant like get rid not. of science class. No. Yeah, get rid of it. I was like, no, Judd, they're going to need that because yeah. a lot of them aren't going yeah. to the NFL. The like, academic people who say things like we're here for the kids and and you know i'm the ad but i am here to help no you're not you're here here to make money which again is fine just tell us dude lsu lsu like a year ago fired a bunch of or laid off a bunch of uh, athletic department employees during covid and then made everyone who makes eighty thousand dollars or more take a pay cut Oh God! We're, I don't know where we're gonna find the cash. You know, we're strapped. All of a sudden, hundred million you know dollars for Brian. They're justified. That, that's why I want the truth. Right. Just say we are firing people that aren't important to us. Right. A football coach is. We don't care. Like, like all Cheryl, the receptionist. Kids, you're gone. Yeah, Cheryl, Sorry. you're gone. And by the way, these kids can all graduate or not. We also don't care as long as they're paying tuition. We don't give a damn. In fact, we're firing most of the teachers to hire more football people. <laughs> Because football is more important. It. That's true, what I though. want. It it's transparency. I know it is. Dude. Like when I, you I'm have, Booney, when you have a network, the second that you launch, you know, the Big Ten, the SEC, yeah. right? The second that you launch a channel to show your games on, you don't care if Carl, the guy in back who's a scientist, is helping you or not. No. What are you going to trash on Carl for? No, Carl no, has no. done a great job. I've got a cure for cancer. <laughs> Nobody here cares about oh. a cure for cancer. Oh, my God. Well, I don't know about, about that. I think, I think we all care for Deadly. a cure for cancer. But I, I agree with Judd. I think, that, I think that a lot of people are too political now, especially. And the colleges, too, are political. And you're right, Judd. Like, they should just be honest and be like, listen, football pays the bills. Okay? Because like when we were there, mm-hmm. everybody, every other sport got so much gear. I mean, tons of gear. They got shoes every week for no reason. And we'd be like, wait a minute. How come we can't get shoes? They'd be like, oh, because it's a violation. But, yeah, it's our sport that paid for those shoes. They'd be like, yes, so. You'd be like, well, why can't I get them? Because it's a violation against code. We can't give you extra things. But you gave them extra things. But that's, like, their thing. We were were at the State Fair, the Minnesota State Fair, doing this years ago. So um, Rachel Bannum was one of the best women's basketball players in in the – well, in the country at the time. And and so she came up on stage to do an interview with us, and she's in the WNBA now and whatnot. And so we were we were we had at the time fifteen hundred ESPN was the radio station, and we had like maroon and gold gophers colored, you know, uh, fifteen hundred ESPN shirts. And so she came up on stage. We tossed her a shirt so she could have a shirt. She looks over at the assistant, you know, communications person who's standing there with 
arms crossed and no doing the head shake like no, no you got you got you literally have to give back that ten dollar like hot yeah. t-shirt All because it's a, it's a violation that could get you kicked off the team right and i'm glad and that that's lifted now like now now God, like man. you know Paige bukers is gonna make millions of dollars as a as a you know an endorser for nike and stuff so right which is huge and i agree with you like but there are so many rules that they i mean the rules are always broken though let's be honest college rules are so silly the only thing that you're going to get in trouble for is getting caught like if you're an idiot and you actually get like when we were there we had such a system that like everybody that wasn't a starter got everything they wanted but if you were a starter you knew everybody was watching you so you couldn't like you go to the bar and you'd be like hey can i get a beer everybody was like you gonna pay for the beer you gonna pay for the beer yeah like, is this on the house? They'd be like, no, dude, you got to pay for that. Like, ah, yeah. watching. <laughs> backup comes in, he rolls out with a case. Nobody yeah. notices because he's the backup. You're like, oh, so we awesome. figured it out. We'll just send the yeah. backups in for everything. Hey, go give me some beer. Hurry up. <laughs> that's so great. By the way, if, if Judd ever becomes a big-time, high-profile college coach and negotiates with the LSUs, there's only one thing he's going to want. Unlimited Surly. I was going to say Surly contract. for sure. Thanks. Yeah. Ex- exactly right. Because you know why? Because it is Minnesota's favorite IPA in particular, Surly Furious. In fact, you know what? I would take a college head coaching job for a lifetime supply <laughs> at my fridge, just full. In fact, no salary, no salary. I have two fridges, no, salary, I have yeah. two fridges, no fridges, one fridge full of Surly, and in particular, Surly Furious, because <laughs> Surly Brewing is near and dear to my heart. And winning, you are winning if you have Surly. That's right. You're a winner. Football. You're a loser. Winner, if you exactly. don't think so. winner, winner, John, winner. You might winner, have issues, winner. though. That's a lot of Surleys, dude. It's a lot of beer. <laughs> it's a lot of beer. Pace Pace beer but you know what? I need a lot of time to come up with what better way, Booney, to sit down and get creative with the playbook than with a few Surleys. Huh? Yeah, that's, that's what Clint Kubiak hey, needs, man. That's Him, what Clint, exactly. Loosen about up. It. When you used to talk to guys in the 80s, you'd be like, what'd you do after practice? They'd be like, dude, we drank beer. We drank yep. beer, <laughs> laugh, we went in, we drew up some plays, maybe this looked good. Now it's all so serious and, anal- and that's another thing. You know what's on my mind? Analytics. And I am so sick of it. Like, dude, when did everybody go to you know, you need to go to your gut and you need to just be like, okay, these guys on the defense are freaking out about this. Now we're going to hit them with this. But instead you're like, I don't know, guys, the numbers say we should run this. I don't know. A computer that has no brain that it doesn't even know what sport is calculating. Yeah. Like, dude, enough. I love it. You're, you, you are in the mold of my guy, PJ Fleck, Zim, just throw out the numbers. I think there's a middle ground. I want to know what's the... No, there is no middle ground. I see I want to my know. two eyes. I know what's going you on in the game. This you, computer does not. So are you... Uh, like? I, I think analytics come in more in like, like end game situations. Like, okay, do we have enough time? If we punt here, should we go for it? Like, You're watching the game. Do you think you're going to drive down there? Are you in the... Are you move... Is momentum going with you? Are you getting stopped? Like, this doesn't take rocket science to figure out. Hey, guys, we haven't really crossed the 50 a lot. We should probably continue to push on. Or, hey, we've been over here a whole bunch today. We'll probably come back. Let's kick a field goal. We'll try and do it again. It's not hard. See, you're making it hard, Phil. You know, I would have said where I agree with you is on that cluster bleep play where Kirk lined up to bring the show full circle under the right guard. I actually, like, I'm a big go for it, go for it, go for it guy. Like, if you're inside the five, just be aggressive. You're not going to get all of them. But in in that spot, the Vikings were moving the ball up and down. Now, San Francisco was too, but a field goal cuts it to five, and there's still like six minutes left in the game. You get the ball back, which they did later. You know, if you hit the two-point conversion earlier too, then they're only done. No, no, no. We all agree they should have. I'm just saying analytics in general are dumb to me, and I don't get it. I'll teach you sometime about all the analytics. No. All of them. (laughs) 
Well, I think that they're just if I, if I may, I think that there's a way to combine them. But but I I think when when you look at raw stats and ability versus the reality, Kirk is the perfect example, right? Because Kirk like has abilities, and and if Kirk is used right, Kirk can be really good. The problem is Kirk is treated like he's a star quarterback and that he should be fine. Well, he's not fine. I'm amazed that that there was not a, a prepared plan for when Kirk inevitably threw a bad pick, which he was going to, which, again, I have no problem with, that there was no plan for here's how we're going to handle it. Like they literally look like, oh, my God, he threw a pick and he he melts down and they melt right. down. And so I do I do think the problem is this. Zim doesn't love to rely on the stats. And Booney, correct me if I'm wrong. Zim doesn't strike me as a people person. So I would so I would say from office space, what do you do here? Okay. Actually, I'm glad you brought this interception thing up. So here's what, where, where, where I love numbers is I love explaining. I love like I love using numbers to post questions. And here's one for you guys. So Kirk Cousins is 0-20 in his career when he throws multiple interceptions in a game. He has never won a game in which he has thrown two interceptions or more. Now, for context, Drew Brees is 21-43 and 43 when he throws multiple picks. Matt Ryan is 17-25. and 25. Brady is 19-25. and 25. Stafford's 11-25. and 25. So you could either look at that and you could say, wow, he gets no help. His team's not – when he throws multiple picks, does everything else just melt down and the defense gives up points and it's just – I look at it and I say – Kind of feels like he goes into a shell after he throws an interception sometimes. Like he just stops pushing the ball down the field. I agree. And so that's where I would I would use that number and say, oh, you tell me. Right. What, why is he 0-20 when he throws multiple picks and all these other guys have 20 wins? I mean, I agree with you. I think a lot of that falls on. And that's not just him. That like, You're right. When you throw multiple picks, you're going to put your defense in a bad situation. But they should eventually pull you out of it. But at the same time, when you're looking at this, especially Kirk, we know what happens when things go bad. Like we're all like, oh boy, which one's coming back out? Is it the one that's going to sail the pass? Is it the one that's going to rush through the reeds? Like which one's coming? That's all in his mind. And I, once again, it falls back on the OC. Who do I lean on when things go wrong? If the OC's in my ear, like, bub, we're good, baby. Work it out. We'll go do back. We're coming right back. But it feels like you're right. When everything goes bad, everyone starts clenching their teeth on the sidelines. Everyone starts getting real upset. And we're like, we're good. We're good. And it's like, well, no, we're not good. So now what, what, what positive thing is going to come out of this? Nothing. We're all going to play super clinched now. And at the same time, like a lot of these issues can be mitigated if they could figure out how Oli Ulu Oli Udu fits into the interior offensive line. Because when there's dudes on your feet every play, especially for a guy like Kirk, you know that's not good. Stop sliding to the will. Start sliding to the might. Help everybody out. It's like one, it's not just one thing that's it's like a multiple like instances that it's falling into place that you're like, well, I see why he's freaking out. Because there's always somebody in his feet. Or Oli's pushing somebody into the left tackle and it takes the left tackle out now. Like these are all the things that keep coming up as if one thing just spirals into two instead of as an offensive coordinator being like, listen, we're turning into a mess. Let's go back to the basics, go back to the basic fundamentals of pass, bro, run game, throw some crazy things out there to keep them honest, and we'll just get back to us. But it's like, no, we just continue to try and push on and like force through all these issues. And you're like, I'm not mad that they went for it on that goal line, by the way. I think you're right. When you're down there, you have to. Like if you're going to, if you're in an aggressive game too, number one, it sets the tempo. Hey, we're not here to just 
try and win. We're here to kick your face in. Like, we're down here for a reason. We're going to do what we got to do. I'm not mad about that. But what I am mad about is, like, when you get down there, these guys don't toughen up. They don't all of a sudden, like, you don't see, like, these steamrollers where they're like, dude, we're on the four-yard line. You're telling me there's four yards between me and winning an NFL football game? Dude, here we go. Football. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard for me to say that because – you know, in the Super Bowl, we were on the four-yard line. But that was our mentality. It was like, yo, we're on the four-yard line. We're not messing around anymore. Now, they called four pass plays. And once again, there's nothing you can do about that. Like, if you're just going to let them tee off on us, what do you want me to do? They're just going to throw the book at us. But if you're going to continue to let us tee off on them, like it was first and goal on the five. Hey, man, we make our stand right here. This is where the tempo of the game gets set over. And that's why I sent you that play because that, to me, was the turning point of the game. You're on the three-yard line at second and goal. You get stuffed. Because you mis-ID something. That could be the narrative for the season. You're so close, and yet you shoot yourself in the foot because you mis-ID something. Or you're not out there, and you're like, hey, man, we're on the three. Let's just go out here and push this in real quick. No, no, no. Let, let, let's, let's get pushed back instead. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the, That, to me, is the whole narrative of the season that it's been so far. We get so close, and sometimes we come through, but sometimes we don't. Oh, well, we'll move on. We'll go to the next week. When it should be like, dude. We're missing opportunities to go out here and strive to be this offense that we can be with all these weapons on it. Love it. There he is. I think we need a new segment next week where I throw out some sort of analytic. Don't. And Alex just craps all over it. Let's do it. Let's do next it. week, nerd stat of the week will be perfectly tailored for a, for a He's head-to-head my people coach clash. Oh. Assistant coach slash people, Alex Boone. Here we go. Pull your head out of your ass and go back out there and play. It's you know what? Fun. I'm going to drop some plays, too, that we should be running on offense. Let's see what happens. Well, Please you know do. what? I'm, yes. I'm just excited to see how vanilla we can be this week against a knee-biting <laughs> defense. Here we go. Mm-hmm. They want aggressive. We'll give them aggressive. Here yeah. comes ISO. Little Jim Harbaugh coming out there in the game planning too. Oh, <laughs> All right, that's Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, Mackie, Judd, Executive Producer Declan, and uh, our guy Alex Boone. We'll you see you guys, guys later tonight for some Purple After Dark with Realistic Randy.